Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, welcome back, everybody. If you own a company, maybe you're a manager, don't always envy you because you've got a lot of challenges in working with people, different personalities, and you also want to make sure that you have strong leadership skills, but also at the same time, show your team that you really have empathy for them. And you care about their situations, whether it's personally or even professionally. How do you deal with all of that? We're going to find out today with somebody who works with teams. She works with business leaders, professionals, executives, even high level, all different types. And she is an emotional intelligence and leadership coach. And she's with us today. Nadine Zainoon is on the program. Nadine, welcome. How are you? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. It's good to have you with us. And it is a challenge if you are in a position of authority, a manager, business owner, you don't want to look too soft, but at the same time, you want to show your team that you do really, and I'm going to assume you genuinely care about them. How do you strike that balance when you're working with people? Yeah, that's a great question, Steve. And it is a very difficult challenge for, for leaders, I must say, because, you know, we have to put ourselves in the shoes of a leader and the leader has a lot of pressure to perform <clears throat> and get the business. And, you know, he has the board or maybe his manager on top uh, pushing them, uh, putting pressure on them to achieve. So this pressure of achieving uh, is very big and very difficult to, you know, to manage. And at the same time, we now know that it's important for the leader to show empathy and show care for his people if he really or she really wants to connect with the team and create those relationships. So how do we do the balance? I guess the balance, there's two, if you want, I, I'd like to take them as two separate parts. There's a part where me internally making a decision that is balanced. So this is the first challenge is how to find the decision that is balanced. And second, how can I showcase this balance to people around me? Because many times people or leaders, they do have that balance. And maybe when they come to make a decision, they do take into account the business, the people, uh, their themselves, their emotions, etc. But at the end, the way they do it or the way they, they, you know, they come off to people is harsh and hard. And this creates a barrier. So it's not only about making the decision that is balanced, it's also about showcasing that decision, which in my mm. opinion is much more difficult than the first one. So when you say showcasing, give me an example of that. So for example, you know, I might, I might have thought about, you know, the people around me and I saw that my team is really working hard and I assume that what they need is a bonus. And I work so hard on getting them a bonus with my management, et cetera. And I push so hard and I put so much effort. So I have such good intention to, you know, help them feel more comfortable. And I come and I do that. Okay. And I tell them, you know what? I got you a bonus. And then I look around. Everyone is like, oh, thank you. I didn't see the appreciation that I was expecting. So what's going on? I mean, they didn't, I didn't come off as the person who really put all that effort for the mm. team and the person who really cared for them. So what's going on? I mean, why didn't they get that message? This is it. First of all, there are a lot of questions here. First of all, is what I try to get them really what they want? So that's a big question. Because many times I assume that I know what my team want. 
Why? Because it's something that I want personally. So I pursue that. But it's actually not something that the people want and the people care about. So this is the first place where, you know, the, the gap starts being created. I'm making assumptions. I can't believe you're saying team. this because I, I, I just saw this happen. It's really? some, somebody I work with a uh, number of years ago, saw a Facebook post and I'm not even sure where she's working now. Obviously it's for a company. And she basically said, I appreciate and my coworkers appreciate the fact that you gave us lunch and there's trays of Italian food out, some ziti and things like that. But she said, we would have much preferred getting a $25 gift card. And she's just assuming that, you know, for each employee, let's yeah. say their lunch that day. Um, and I don't know what the reason was. Could have been just one of those days. Uh, boss wanted to, to show appreciation with, you know, some trays and sterno set up. And, and they all said, you know, we'd rather have just a $25 gift card. Thank you very much. But to your <laughs> point, and it was the intent was, was well taken. That, I, I, hey, you got lunch. At least you got something. But it's not exactly what they would have wanted. So that said, Nadine, how do if you're in that position as a uh, boss or company mm -hmm. owner, is it just as simple as asking people what they want? This is one thing, of course, is connecting with people all okay. the time so that you understand how they function, what's important to them, what's sure. not important to them, how they think, how they feel, what they value, their priorities. So when you are aware of all these things, you can really understand and capture and maximum, you know, the, the, the worst case scenario, I just go and ask them, you know, I want to do this. I have this intention. I've seen, I see that you're working hard. You're very stressed. We're, you know, we're pressuring you a lot. We have a lot of deadlines, et cetera. And I understand that you're under a lot of pressure and I want to help you, you know, ease this pressure up. So what do you think works for you? Just listen to them. Mm -hmm. Don't come up with the solutions listen to their solutions and what they have to give. And I'm not saying that everything they ask for, we're going to do because that's not caring. That's being pleaser, a, ple a people pleaser, which we don't want to be. Okay. Cause we don't want to be like too nice and mm -hmm. pleasing them. That's not the objective. The objective is if I have this budget that I'm going to put, why should I put it in the way that I think is, is the right way? Let me just sit with them discuss with them, hear them out, get their opinions, their ideas. And then together we might create like a, this amazing solution with, with even less budget than I have. That's, that's the idea. If, if you get what I mean. Sure. Do you feel that a lot of managers are afraid to give up a little bit because they don't want to be perceived as being weak? Mm, of course. Absolutely. And, and that's an, that's a very important issue because you see, uh, a lot of times the way we are brought up mm. and, you know, the environment, the beliefs that the environment creates in us, especially about leadership, is that like, you know, a leader has to have the answers all the time. He has to have the last say. He has to know what to do. You know, all these, oh, first of all, they put pressure on the leader because no one knows the answer all the time. No one. I mean, no one has everything sorted out and everything worked out and you know we know what to do all the time it's it's not true and it's it's something that's unrealistic of of expecting from the, from the leader but these pressures where i feel that you know it's my way and i need to know the way and i need to dictate the way and i need to tell the way this uh, this makes me feel that if i don't do that then i am weak because mm. that's what a strong leader does a strong leader has the answers a strong leader you know, makes things go his or her way or whatever. So when I have this belief, every time 
I don't go by this belief. So if I allow others to tell me what to do or to give me ideas, I feel weak. And of course, nobody wants to feel weak. Sure. So internally, this there's a there's this struggle. You know, uh, I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be seen as weak. And then you know, our uh, human nature takes over uh, because I'm feeling like my ego is threatened, or you know, my position and status is threatened. And then I go by and say, you know what? I know what to do. I'll do it my way. Or this, this, this is what I'm going to do. So yeah, of course. Being seen as weak is one of the fears. Of course, not to everyone, but to many of us as leaders. Yeah, if you just flip it around, you'd be seen as a person of strength because you're more open, you know, as long as it, but you're right, delicate balance, <laughs> very delicate balance there. It really is. No, absolutely. You're right. The, the truth of it is that, as you're saying, this is a point of strength. It's you're strong when you're able to listen to people. And create, you know, like a, a, a decision that is made by the team. This is strength. This is not mm -hmm. at all weakness. But because the society has put engraved in us these beliefs that strong leaders always make the decisions or strong leaders always are in control or strong leaders always have the answers. So every time I feel that I didn't perform that. I listened to people. I'm going to feel weak because unconsciously this is engraved in my mind. And that's what we work on actually with leaders. You know, we find out, okay, so what is, that's how we coach. We, we, when, when a leader comes to me and says, you know, I want to listen more to my team. So many times the reason they don't listen is because they have these beliefs in their mind that are not allowing them to listen because they have these beliefs that if you're going to take people's opinions, you're weak. It means you don't have the answer. It means you're not a good leader. You're not really effective as a leader, etc. So all this, you know, this blah, blah, blah in our mind, which comes from the beliefs that we have from our past, they pop up and they stand in the way of us actually listening and actually getting the input we want from the team. So if we don't address those beliefs and change those beliefs, we can't help the leader change the behavior. When we say those beliefs, am I on target in thinking that those are limiting beliefs that came from, could have been your childhood, could have been, been the way your parents brought you up. It's, it's in your subconscious and that's, that's where the block is. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And they're, as you said, they're in the unconscious mind. So we're not aware of them. They drive our behavior without us being, uh, you know, noticing. Hmm. So, uh, when you bring them into your awareness, which is what coaching does, it creates the awareness about these beliefs that are limiting you or about the assumptions sometimes that you're making, not limiting beliefs, but it brings awareness to these. And once you're aware, you have the power to make that change. Are you a, and I see something here. Are you an NLP mm -hmm. practitioner? Uh, I am a basic practitioner, okay. so I'm not a master practitioner. The only reason I'm, I'm asking is I'm looking at something and I didn't see the P. I see NL. I'm thinking, oh, got to be, yeah, be NLP. <laughs> so is that one of the ways that you, you, Nadine, you change the perceptions or the limiting beliefs? That's one of the ways they do it? Yeah, absolutely. There are okay. a lot of tools in NLP that help us change the beliefs. Mm. Uh, so yes, we do resort to that a lot. Wow. How about some other ways that you change somebody's view of the way they, they lead? You know, sometimes you don't really have to do deep NLP techniques. You can just, uh, by helping them create that awareness, once they become aware and you just 
ask them, okay, so what's the consequence of this belief? How is it impacting, you know, your behavior? How is it serving your objective? And they just see that. They immediately notice that, oh my God, this is, you know, I'm, I'm really sabotaging my success by thinking this way. And then just by most of the time, especially leaders, because, you know, they're very mature people, they have a lot of experience, very knowledgeable. So it's it's much easier coaching leaders because once you, they see it and then you just ask them, okay, so what's the, how would you like to think? What's the belief you would want to have that would help you in such a case? And then, you know, they create their own belief. Sometimes just by doing that, if it's not very deep and very much engraved, you don't need NLP. But sometimes you do need to go to NLP techniques because the belief is very much engraved and changing it is much more difficult. Hmm. What do you hear overall from leaders that you talk to, you work with? They're, and again, this is all confidential, but I'm just kind of curious is they are they do they tell you that they um, have insecurities? Do you hear, uh, you know, those absolutely. types of things or, or challenges in leading because they don't want to show their um, vulnerability? Of course, of course, mm. because. You know, Steve, we, we need to remember that leaders are humans after all. So they're like us, they're people. They have their own insecurities and they have areas where they, you know, doubt doubt themselves. Sure. And when you go high up into the organization, these doubts increase. They don't decrease because the pressures are more and, you know, you're always under scrutiny and everyone is looking at you and what you're doing. And right. this pressure is a lot to take. So a lot of times... Um, they they fall into the self-doubt, especially when they don't have good relationships with their teams. Mm. So this self-doubt is increased because they don't feel connected and they feel aloof and like they're all alone and isolated. And this really doesn't help the leader feel comfortable yep. where they are. Yep. <laughs> and as I scan my minds right now of people that I've worked with over the years, I've got them. I see them. Yeah. <laughs> and and in one in particular, he, you know, these are all good people, but they have different leadership skills. But it was his assumption, and this is based on talking to other uh, coworkers at the time, okay. that he thought he was plugged into everybody, but he wasn't. And then you mm -hmm. have the other leaders that, you know, we, we used to call them the corner pocket, you know, and they had that office in the corner of the building where... <laughs> You know, they come out and they walk around a little while, but they're just so unapproachable. And But yeah. the thing is, again, I go back to, in their mind, they think that they are approachable, but it's like, uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to get called into that office. Uh, I don't need to go over there. I'll pass by. Hey, how's yeah. it going? And then just keep going because you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to engage, you know, want to stay off yeah. the, the boss's radar. Um, but that's bringing back memories. And, and these are people that would think that they were ingrained with the culture plugged into it, but it was completely the opposite. They were viewed the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. And I always say to people, it's not about your intention because maybe they intend to connect. Absolutely. But absolutely. it's not about the intention. It's yeah. about that impact that's being made on people. And that's why I told you at the start that, you know, it's not only enough for me to make a balanced decision. You know, maybe when I made the decision, I thought of the business. Okay. So the facts and the analysis and the business and the outcome. I also thought of the people. How would this impact the people, et cetera, et cetera. But I, if I don't connect with the people, I would be thinking of what I believe the people want, right. not really what the people want. 
And third, there's also another factor that I need to take into consideration to have a balanced decision, which is my own feeling, my own emotions. You know, sometimes decisions look really logical and they're okay with people. You know, it's a logical thing to do. Mm -hmm. However, deep down inside, you don't feel okay about taking that decision. There's something that's causing hesitation in you. And that's your own emotion about the decision, which needs to be captured in the decision-making process. So it's important for you to understand because if this that emotion came up, there's something around it. It's important to understand it. What's going on? What's making you hesitant? What's making you, you know, delay the decision, procrastinate, whatever. So once you understand that, then you can make a much better informed decision, whatever it is. Hmm. So that's a balance. A balance is, is like three pillars, if you want, to a balanced decision. It's my emotions, other people's emotions, and the business, the, the, the analysis, the facts that, that are there. So with what you just said, is that our gut feeling, our intuition that we're talking about in terms of making a decision? Yes, absolutely. That is hmm. the intuition. And I'll give you an example. You know, like there was this, um, you know, one one leader came to me and he said, you know, I need to be coached on something. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, I want to, there's a person who hasn't been performing for the last year, you know, month after month, the performance is really bad. And, you know, they're going down in terms of performance. And, you know, we have taken this decision to let go of this person. But I don't know why I can't do it. So I need your help to help me surpass this. So, you know, what was missing in, in his decision is that, okay, he took into account the business. He took into account the person because the person, you know, his, his okay, his, he wasn't going to be very happy about it. But there was a lot of evidence that this person, you know, is not doing their job properly and they need to be let go. Okay, okay so that's fine. We need to take a harsh decision. However, the reason this person wasn't feeling comfortable with it. And after, you know, really digging into it, we understood that deep down inside, he was feeling guilty. And the guilt was coming from the fact that he doesn't feel like he supported that employee enough. So he didn't really help them. He never gave them feedback. He never sat with them. He never helped to see what's going on and understand what's going on and connect with them. So he hadn't done his homework properly as a leader and that's why he was feeling that this wasn't the right decision to make and you know based on this when he saw this he decided that no he will connect with that person have a very honest discussion and maybe give that person three months to shape up if they don't shape up then he would feel more comfortable letting that person go so that's what i mean by mm. capturing that that intuition or that feeling or that emotion that you have inside you. That being said, and thank you for that story. Cause it's a very common one or, you know, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's a classic story. Um, how could you let somebody go without giving them the opportunity? Uh, maybe they could turn it around because they didn't know <laughs> potentially Absolutely. what was going on. So when you talk about that feeling within uh, no matter what it is, and this is this kind of a broad stroke here uh, in terms of making a decision, what do you feel, Nadine? What is your, how do you interpret that gut feeling, that uh, intuition that you should make this decision over that decision? I lost you a bit, uh, Steve. Sorry, the connection wasn't too good, but uh, I think you were asking me, um, how do I make use of my intuition? Yes. When you need to make a decision, okay. say it's, uh, I need to pick A or B, 
What do you feel inside? What's inside of you to help you make that decision? Okay. So uh, after, of course, thinking logically about it and weighing the pros and cons, et cetera, Mm. uh, and looking at how it impacts others around me and the people around me, I always ask myself, okay, what do I feel? What do I feel about this? When I think about this and me doing this action, how am I feeling? Is my body feeling relaxed? Am I feeling okay? Because sometimes we don't really understand the feeling, but it's there in our body. So because, you know, our, our, our feelings and our body are connected. So sometimes like I feel something in my stomach. That's not too okay. And I ask myself, okay, so what's that about? Why am I having this? What's going on? You know, what's this telling me? And if you really go deep into it and you give yourself, you're not going to get the answer immediately. You need to, you know, give yourself a little bit of reflection around that. Then you will start seeing things and being aware of things that you never knew possible. So then you would say, oh, my God, you know, I don't want to do this because maybe it hurts the image of the company. Okay, and I hadn't captured that before. And Mm. or maybe this is not very much aligned with the value of the company and uh, you know okay it looks logical it looks nice it looks good from a business point of view but i can see that it it's contradicting the value of the company so when you really go into that and usually that's that's what my feelings tell me like maybe here i i won't come off like i want to come off it's not the values that i have and it's not the values that i want to preach to people so and it doesn't mean that i abandon the decision but maybe I implement it in a way that is aligned with my values. You deal with people all the time on that, I'm sure. In yeah, terms absolutely. Of, and especially interpreting the, the feeling that you're getting and, and the direction that you should go in. Um, and I agree with you. When it's a heavy decision, it just feels like uncomfortable. It doesn't yeah, feel absolutely. light. And, and then there's others who say, I'm... I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. I'm like you, I weigh both sides. Let me sit with that a while. Some people say first thing comes into your head. That's the one you go with. That's the, because we didn't do this. We didn't overthink it. Uh, But everybody, it comes down to one thing, learning to interpret yourself and, and, and the skills that are involved in that. When you work with somebody, Nadine, how does it start? Is it a free discovery call? How does, how does the process work? Yes, it's a free discovery call. So if let's say somebody is listening here on, on the call and they, you know, they feel that they connect with something that we discussed, uh, they can just go on www.nadinezainoun, which is N-A-D-I-N-E-Z-E-I-N-O-U-N. So just like my name is spelt.com. And uh, on my website, there is a place where they can book a free call with me. And, uh, we, you know, we'll take it from there. We can have a very nice discovery call where we can add a lot of value to them. So they might stop there and it might be enough for them. Or if they want to continue, then we can discuss uh, any other arrangement. I uh, I can't imagine being the leader of a company these days. So yeah, many challenges. So and something just recently came out. It's kind of a no-brainer uh, survey. Mm-hmm. But basically, it said that uh, the four-day work week. And there was a massive oh, yeah. study done. Big, big study in the last year. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, like 90-something percent of people said that they would like the four day work week. And then there's others who said they wouldn't have it any other way. Like yeah. if we're not getting that, I'm leaving. Um, yeah, exactly. But, but then as, as a leader of a company, now you're sitting with that, you know, all right. So now what do I do? Do I, what do I do? Right. 
And is it going to harm productivity? Should I make it? um, You get one four day work week a month and maybe we rotate it. So we're out of not staff is not out of the building or whatever it might be. I'm a firm believer. There's always an answer. Sometimes you can't see the answer. And then for that, there's you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes the team has the answer and that's where it's good to discuss among the team. So I would tell leaders, you know, don't take the full responsibility on your shoulders. It's too heavy. It's too heavy all alone. It's too much pressure. So when you share that pressure and when you share that decision, you come up with a much better solution. And, you know, and discussing this, you might come up with very, very creative ideas that no one has come up with before, you know, sure. and and that's where, you know, that's, that's, that's where you find yourself really happy about the decision you make, because it really helps the business, but yet it serves everyone at the same time. Well, and that's interesting what you said about the four day, but they did find an increase in productivity. So there did. was yes. an increase in productivity. So even harder to be a manager because <laughs> you have less of an argument. Um, yeah. Great talking with you. Great insight. And uh, once again, your website is your name, N-A-D-I-N-E-Z-E-I-N-O-U-N.com. Uh, exactly. I'm looking forward next time we get a chance to talk. Me too, Steve. Have a wonderful week. You too. Thanks. We'll be right back. Take care. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. For nearly 2,000 severely injured veterans, everyday life has become filled with barriers. Day-to-day simple tasks can become pretty daunting. I have to carry my chair up two flights of steps or have somebody do it for me. What scares me the most is just the falling. When I'm struggling with my house, I think, you know, to have that one great barrier just knocked down, I mean, it's, it's crucial. Home for Our Troops is a wonderful nonprofit that builds a mortgage-free, fully adaptive, handicap-accessible house. And there's no catch. It'll be our very first home that we've ever owned. This is a game changer. This is where your life begins again. We need you to join us in completing this important mission. Please visit hfotusa.org and help build homes and rebuild lives. Because of you, everything's going to be okay.